This is Agency Side, telling the stories of starting, growing, and selling digital agencies. Sponsored by Natrular.com, the CRM system for SEOs and digital marketers. Now, here's your host, Rob Carey. Today, I welcome Stephen Pavovich onto our show, the founder and CEO of Conversion.com. His company was recently acquired by the UK digital agency group Sideshow for an undisclosed amount. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rob. It's good to be here. I don't suppose you can disclose to us what that mystery purchase price was. I would I would love to be able to, but unfortunately I can't. Fair enough. Now, conversion.com has shot to fame relatively quickly within the conversion rate optimization industry and wider digital marketing community. Your work has included helping Facebook to convert and keep users, Domino's Pizza, Canon and Tommy Hilfiger. But you didn't start out in conversion rate optimization, did you? I seem to remember you having a SEO and Google AdWords consultancy called Bony Toad. Yes, that is the one. So I started out back in, well, I set up the company back in March 2007. And exactly like you say, it was doing a bit of, well, a bit of SEO, a bit of PPC, and a bit of conversion rate optimization. Not that I think it even had a name back in those days. It was just generally trying to uh, trying to make your website better and, and, and convert more visitors into, into customers. Did you ever see yourself as an SEO or PPC expert or more of an all-rounder? What were you passionate about back in those days? It's a good question. I think in the early days, I was I was okay at SEO. I don't think I was ever particularly focused enough on, on PPC to be to be good at that. I think I was okay at SEO because I liked the the mix of the analytical and the creative sides to that industry. I, I wouldn't go to go as far as saying that I was an expert. I wasn't doing anything particularly innovative. I think I was more looking to, well, I guess, people like yourself and, and other people in the industry to find out what they were doing and to try those things out for myself. Um, I certainly wasn't innovating in, in that space. But I, was, I think I was more passionate about conversion rate optimization. I, I saw it as kind of like SEO in that it has the analytical and the creative side. You use the analytics to understand the problems. You get creative when coming up with the solutions, and then you have to be analytical again to see what works and what doesn't. But I think that for me, the key difference between SEO and CRO was more that in CRO, you focus on understanding the customer, their motivations, their objections. Whereas obviously with SEO, it's much, or it tends to be much more focused on Google's algorithm. Certainly back in back in the days of kind of 2006, 2007, when you had the sandbox and you know, the focus was pretty much exclusively on, on getting links. Um, I found CRO to be uh, much more aligned with, with my interests. Then in 2006, 2007, Dr. Carl Blanks, a Cambridge University rocket scientist, and Ben Jesson, a digital marketer, founded the company Conversion Rate Experts. It grew quite a cult following within the internet industry and became the golden goose for huge dot-coms that struggled to convert website traffic into money in the bank. Google was even one of their clients. And according to conversion rate experts, they even invented the term conversion rate optimization. And you joined them as an independent consultant relatively early on, didn't you, Stephen? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think we met at, it might have been like a one of the kind of SEO black hat forum events up in Manchester. And there were maybe, I don't know, 15 or so people there. I think you might even have been there yourself. And I got talking with... Um, with Ben and Carl there, and um, 
sharing a, a little bit about the the work that that we were that we were all doing, and yeah, that that kind of led to um, one thing led to another, and we started we started working together fairly soon after that. And I think I think I was their first uh, consultant outside of of Ben and Carl themselves. What would you say were the key lessons that you learned from your time working with conversion rate experts? It's a good question. I think the the, the biggest thing for me is I I was heavily focused up until that point on understanding customer psychology, looking at website usability and design and so on. The one thing that uh, I took from working with Ben and Carl was a heavy focus on copywriting. So they introduced me to a lot of the the copywriting classics, books that date date back um, several decades and that are hugely applicable to to the kind of work that we do in, in conversion optimization. Was it at this point that you really grew your passion for CRO or were you simply seeing more demand for CRO than other digital marketing services that you offered? Yeah, I think it was it was definitely the, the passion that was growing for it. I think if um you know if you if you wind back the clock to 2005, 2006, um, that sort of time, working in SEO, especially when working on a new website that had that was liable to the kind of sandbox effect that was um, pretty dominant at the time you'd make a change to your website today and then you would expect to see results in a few months time and it was pretty hard to see the direct effect of, of the work that you were doing um certainly for me at least that may be more a reflection of my own abilities at the time but with uh with cro with a b testing you know by its nature you're doing a randomized control trial so it means that you can see the direct effect of the work that you're doing you're literally dividing visitors into into two groups and running an experiment on them. So it's very easy to see the, the results of the work that you're doing. And I think that's a kind of defining trait to my personality, I guess, being able to know whether I'm doing well or not and being able to use that to, to demonstrate a business case and expand the work that I'm doing, essentially. So that, obviously, if, if you're good at it, enables you to, to do more of it. So I think it's the passion for CRO that I had then allowed me to, to help build up that demand because it was very easy to demonstrate the the effect of the work that I was doing. Then in 2010, your company Bony Toad became Conversion Factory and you started to offer CRO services directly through your own brand. Who were your first direct clients and how did you go about finding them? We changed the name or rather I changed the name. I think in 2010, it was still just me working on my own. I changed it to Conversion Factory because Bony Toad was, um, well, it was originally just a, a placeholder name, making a list of adjectives and a list of nouns and seeing which ones would have the uh, the domain names available for them. And then, yeah, I moved to Conversion Factory, which sounded a little bit more professional, um, albeit it had slight uh, sweatshop overtones with the name. <laughs> but yeah, moved to, moved to Conversion Factory, focused purely on conversion optimization as opposed to doing a kind of mix of SEO, PPC, some affiliate marketing and CRO decided just to focus on, on conversion optimization and the the clients that we had back in those days it was it was a fair mix so there were a lot of smaller retail clients um, back in those days um, we did work with other companies like powwow now the the conference call uh, provider um, it was i think it was primarily retail because i guess in, in those days in the, in the early years of cro you tend to focus on industries that have a direct correlation between visitor behavior on the website and sales. Um, in other words, it's it was slightly harder in those days to, to focus on lead generation, for example, because there was less awareness of 
conversion optimization as a as an industry as a practice. And so the the focus that I had at the time was was primarily retail. And I think most of those clients back in those days came from referrals primarily. So working with one client, they would then introduce us to their friends to um, when they when they saw the results that that I got for them, and then I would take that insight, share it at conferences and events and so on, and started to to build up a, a little bit of a name for myself and, and bring clients that way as well. And how important was your personal brand to your company? Did your interviews and conference presentations and guest posting build your client base, or was it all client referrals or another channel? Yeah, I think it was a, a little bit of both. I think certainly building up the the personal brand. I mean, I, I won't go so far as to say that I ever had a personal brand, but I think I was certainly um, recognised as, as doing a lot of work in, in this industry and, and always looking to share what I've learned and the approach that I've taken. I think that's one thing that, that we use at conversion.com. We're always very open to share our frameworks, our methodology, because it helps make us better if we put it out there. It forces us to continually improve and, and optimize our, our own approach because we know that as soon as we do that, um, our competitors will will see what we're doing and, and um, many times they'll often take that and will even tell us that and that forces us to continually optimize and improve our, our own service. Plus it means that we're, we're, we're doing something for for the benefit of the industry. I think we, we, we hope that there's a, a rising tide effect that by doing better work ourselves and, and sharing our approach with others um, it helps other people improve, and, and that comes back to us when they when they share what they do as well. Yeah, I think back in um, certainly back in the early days, it was it was heavily focused on building up the, the company the company brand. So doing the interviews, doing conferences, doing guest posts. I think there was one post on SEO Moz as it was back in those days, probably from 2011 uh, that got a lot of traffic and a lot of attention. So that that all helped to to, to bring in clients and, and, and make some of the connections that I still have today that are that are still bringing in new clients today as well. And I'm interested to know what the first five years conversion factory looks like. How quickly did you grow your client base and did you hire any employees at that stage or move into an office? Yes, yeah, so I, t- I took it pretty slowly. I think I've been a little bit scared off the idea of actually running a business, having employees and so on, because yeah, I think I was pretty risk averse back in back in those days so I was very much focused on what could go wrong if you started to grow a business as opposed to the potential upside of that so I was always pretty hesitant to to start hiring and and, and really I guess to, to kind of taking it seriously it was very much a um I guess a, a lifestyle business more than anything else but that changed in I guess 2011 2012 I started doing a lot of work with Facebook in the US that by its nature brought in a good amount of revenue into into the business but also I think it was a good demonstration to me that actually maybe I was good at what I was doing I think I'd um, maybe struggled a little bit with confidence before that point but it, it showed that there was demand for what I was doing that I was good at it and you know if if Facebook would pay me to do this for for their team in the US then it's something that I should um, that I should look at scaling so that gave me both the, the confidence and the cash to start scaling up the business. So I think I had my uh, my first person in 2012 and then a couple more in 2013, and we started to, to grow the business from there. In the UK, company accounts are publicly available and free to download, and I can see in 2010 when Conversion Factory started, you made a very respectable £26,000 profit, 
But then, less than a decade later, conversion factory was recording profits of over a million pounds a year. What would you say fueled that staggering growth and impressive profit margins? Was it all Facebook? Firstly, I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how accurate those profit numbers are, but it's certainly, um, certainly in the right sort of lines. In terms of what drove the profits, it was a mix of the, the clients that we have. We, we try not to be too heavily dependent upon one or a small number of clients. So I think even at the moment where we have some pretty significant contracts, I think the the biggest um, client that we have is no more than maybe 20, 25% of our total revenue. So it means that we're, we're still in a pretty strong position. We're not overexposed like that. But in terms of driving the, the growth, um, I must admit it's, um, I'm sure you know um, better than anyone that, that the life of an agency is is made up of many, many, many ups and downs. And often, you know, they can come one after the other pretty quickly. So overall, I think we've grown very strongly. It's not to say that there haven't been uh, challenges along the way. I think in, in an agency life, it's always hard to to, to manage your growth. Um, even for, for a business like ours, where, we, where we're lucky enough to have most of our clients on ongoing retainers, it can still be hard to, to forecast where you expect to be in uh, six months time or even three months time and that in turn makes it harder to invest in in growth confidently so often it means that you have to take risks if you want to grow that little bit faster and sometimes those risks pay off but um, sometimes they, they don't as well and you have to, to have to make sure that you can adapt and respond to that very quickly 2015 was an important year for your company when you acquired the domain name conversion.com and rebranded the company can you tell us how that came about? You know, how did you acquire such a valuable domain, and was it an easy process? Plus, we're all desperate to hear how much you paid for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I acquired. I actually got the domain itself in the tail end of 2014. Slightly ironically, or maybe appropriately for um, my work ethic, I actually got the email offering me the domain conversion.com when I was in hospital holding my newborn son in my arms. Wow. He'd just been born a few hours earlier um, after a very long labor that my, my wife had to go through. So I was holding him in my arms trying to uh, trying to stay awake because he'd just fallen asleep and I was nervous about putting him down in case I woke him up uh, whilst putting him down. Being a, a new father at the time, I wasn't exactly sure what I was doing and trying to figure it out as I went along, having been awake for, I think, a couple of days by this point. So I did what um, what any normal person would do which is to check their work emails and see what was going on and I saw that I'd had an email from a domain broker who was offering the domain conversion.com and he had found me through Moz or SEO Moz uh, recommended agency um, guide because the domain broker was aware of conversion optimization as an industry and so had uh, found us on on there and um I see him along with many others sent uh, an email to, to see if we'd be interested in acquiring the domain. And as as you can imagine, you know, having had not very much sleep, it seemed like a good idea, but I wasn't entirely sure. I was slightly nervous that it looked like conversion.com, but maybe conversion is spelt with a zero instead of an O, or it's got some weird accent or number in it. So I wanted to make sure that it was a legitimate offer. So I forwarded it to a couple of friends of mine who are in the in the US and uh, was still awake at two in the morning or whatever time it was. They replied and it seemed like a, a, a good or a legitimate deal and uh, a very good price. I think the, if I remember right, I think the asking price was $50,000. 
which seems fair for a domain like conversion.com. So I replied back to the, to the email and we completed on the, on the purchase uh, a week or two later. Wow, what a day that must have been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, uh, the two biggest highlights of my life. <laughs> it's hard to put a value on a brand, but how much can your company's growth from 2015 onwards be attributed to the purchase and rebranding to conversion.com? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I think it's, it's something that a lot of people have asked me over the years. I can't obviously, you know, I, I run a business that's focused on A-B testing and experimentation, and I'd like to be able to quantify the, the effect that it has. But obviously, that's, that's impossible to, to do. But what I do know is that it helps us stand out is in what is becoming an increasingly crowded space. So having a, uh, not I guess not a generic name, but the generic name for this industry means that we've benefited, especially when in competitive pitches, um, because it we will stand out with our with our name, especially when up against other agencies that may be less familiar. It gives us an inherent advantage having having this domain. It shows that we um, are of a significant size and scale, potentially even that we were in the industry from um, an early an early stage, even though we acquired the domain seven or so years after after starting. So I think it definitely has been an advantage. I think compared to the the price we paid for it. We've, we've seen the, the return from that several times over. So I, I don't regret that purchase for a second. Because when you started out in CRO, you probably had to teach people about what the industry was about. But now it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It seems that every full service digital agency now offers conversion rate optimization as part of their service. So apart from buying conversion.com, the domain name, how did you survive and grow during this period? And how did you differentiate yourself from the larger agencies? Absolutely. It's it's something that I saw firsthand, I guess, in, in SEO. Yeah, I, was, I was working in SEO, I guess, 2005 to 2010. And I saw that SEO became something that started with specialists. And then over that five-year period, um, anyone with any kind of digital or web design agency would say that they offered SEO as well. And the same things happened with CRO. It's often just bolted on to the end of your services list on your full service agency and we've seen i guess some some dilution as a result same as seo you can you can do it well or you can do it badly and it can be it can often be hard for a potential client to understand who knows what they're doing and and who doesn't so for us we've driven our differentiation partly by being specialists in what we do we don't try to do a little bit of everything we focus on conversion optimization and related disciplines like behavioral science and analytics that we use to to inform our experimentation. But really our differentiation comes from ultimately the results that we get. It's it's all about the results. That in turn means that we get to work with clients like Facebook and so on, people who are expert at what they do and could quite easily do what we do internally, but use us to add additional expertise and, and resource to, to their own work. And in doing that, it shows that we are, I guess, a, a level above most full-service agencies who are just offering CRO as a way to extend their product offering to add, or I, guess, I suppose to, to squeeze out some additional revenue from their clients without having the dedication and focus on it to, to do it properly. Now, 2020 has been one of the worst years in living memory for most people with the coronavirus pandemic and global recession. 
but it's also the year that Conversion.com was acquired by a full-service digital agency. How did the acquisition by Sideshow Group come about, and what made you decide to sell? Yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting year. I think we've been we've been pretty fortunate in terms of our business holding up very well during 2020. If anything, during the the six months from March to September, we actually grew uh, as a business. While I know many other agencies saw drops of 20 to 50 percent, and often larger than than that even. So for us, we were very fortunate to, to grow. We had a, a nice, diverse mix of clients, more by luck rather than judgment. And also, we saw that some of our clients uh, expanded their, their work with us in that period. They had businesses that essentially did, did well as more people started working from home and spending more time on, online. So while we had some clients reduce in spend or pause, that was more than made up for other clients increasing in, in spend with us. And then in terms of the, the deal with Sideshow, so we'd had multiple approaches from other agencies and networks and independents over the last few years. What appealed with Sideshow when we started talking with them towards, uh, towards the start of the year was that they are an independent agency. So it means that we are very close to Tony, who is the, the, the CEO of Sideshow Group. Um, and that means that we can play a significant part in um, the development, not only of conversion.com, but also of the, the wider group as well. And that's really important for us. We recognize that you know, if we'd gone to a network agency, for example, we would probably be a, a small fish in a, in a big pond. It, it might be hard to, to realize the, the benefits of the group. Whereas within Sideshow, we're a significant but independent group with very strong revenues across the board. And I think it's a, it's a group that's grown through the specialist agencies within it, referring business to, to one another and collaborating very closely together. So that means we're, you know, even today when we're just a couple of months into the business, we're already starting to see those opportunities come, come to fruition. So we're seeing an impact on our revenue, on our bottom line from, from being a part of the group. And, and that was exactly what we wanted to see. Plus it's allowing us to, um, to, to grow our, our, our product range as well and really accelerate the, the innovation that we were that we were looking to do. But that must have been a hard decision. Do you have any regrets or did it just feel right? I've got no no regrets at all. I think it was uh, uh, exactly the, the right thing for, for us and, and for Sideshow as well. I think essentially it allows us to to offer a better, a better product, a better service to our to our customers. Um, it allows us to to expand. And I think with the, the strength of the group behind us, I think that the future is very bright indeed. And what does the future hold for conversion.com and you as its founder? Good question. So I'm staying firmly put where I am. I'm very much enjoying running conversion.com and, and doing what we're doing. So in terms of what we do next, it's, it's a combination of things. One is improving our core product. So getting better at experimentation. No matter how good you are or where you are in the industry, you can always be better. So we're looking to optimize our processes both to gather insight into customer behavior but also in our operations and, and execution so to see how we can get faster and stronger to be a better partner for our clients that's one part of it on the other side we also want to look at how we can improve the um, the product or to offer new products and, and bring them to market so one of the things that has held CRO back as an industry is that it can be seen as a 
I guess, a nice to have product or, or service in that you are optimizing what is already there on the website. Whereas often for clients, they might be focused more on bringing new products or new functionality to, to market or fixing fires in their existing product or website or on redesigning it. So now what we're looking to do is to see how we can better support um, those other areas of focus that our clients have. So how can we team up with the Sideshow um, agencies in, in the group to help our clients redesign their websites with experimentation as opposed to opinion guiding it? How can we support our clients to replace traditional R&D functions with experimentation instead? How can we experiment on pricing? So those are the kind of areas that we're, that we're expanding our, our work on at the moment. And if you could turn back the clock, would you start conversion.com again or stay an independent freelance consultant? It's a really hard question to, to answer. And I think if you'd asked me that same question at various points over the years, my response would probably have been very different. I think today we've, we've done extremely well as an, as an agency to, to grow to where we are today, to become part of, a sideshow, of the Sideshow Group and to, to see what we do next. I think it's, it's obviously been a, a lot of hard work over the years, especially running an agency by its nature. It feels like the, the costs that you incur typically go in one direction, whereas the revenue can, can bounce up and down. So that can make it pretty hard, especially when you can be dependent on factors that you can't control, like with COVID-19 and with clients and, and so on. So what that means is, I think as, a, as an independent consultant, you can do very well. I think certainly for the first few years of running Conversion.com as an agency, I personally was making far less than I ever did as a, as a freelance consultant. So I would suggest that if there are other people who are considering whether to, to make the jump into running an agency, that you consider carefully whether your ambition is to grow it to a point when you either have the scale to achieve significant profit or to sell the business. Uh, because if you don't, it's probably better to stay as an independent freelance consultant as opposed to the kind of halfway house of running a small size agency where you have the, the stress of, of running an agency without the, the profit of, of really maximizing its return. If you could give a new agency founder one piece of advice, what would it be? It's a good question. I think I, I guess I, I offered one piece of advice a, a minute ago in, in terms of whether you should start an, an agency or stay as a, an independent consultant. But if we assume that you have started an agency and you're looking to, to grow it, the one thing that I would focus on heavily is revenue security. So this is something that at conversion.com, we've only really started tracking in the last year or two as, a, as an active metric that we report on every month. What I mean by revenue security is essentially looking at what percentage of the revenue that you have today will you also have in X period of time from now? So for, for our example, we look at 91 days. So in 91 days from now, how much revenue will I have from the clients that I have today? And expressing that as a percentage of, of the revenue that we have today. Because if essentially you have, call it 10% or 20% revenue security, then it means it's very hard for you as an agency founder to scale the business. It means that you have to be fairly conservative at, at those times, pretty risk averse, because you obviously don't want to go out and hire a bunch of people, even if you are seeing a lot of demand at the top of the funnel, because in three months' time, you might have one-fifth of the business that you have today. Whereas if you have a high degree of revenue security, 
call it 60, 70, 80% or more even, then it gives you much more confidence to be able to invest in, in your growth. And one thing that we found is that there are peaks and troughs in the business. There are some times when you can have quite a high degree of revenue security, uh, but there are other times when that can be pretty low. So it might be you have a, a cluster of client contracts that are all up for renewal at the same time, or you might have a lot of clients that are all on short-term contracts or rolling notice that make it harder for you to invest in growth. So what we're trying to do um, actively at the moment is not only report on our revenue security, but also to actively manage it to see how we can increase our confidence, how we can extend those those clients who are on short-term contracts, how we can um, pull clients onto retainers if they are on fixed-term projects at the moment, and how we can smooth out some of those um, peaks and troughs or really smooth out the, the troughs, pull them up higher. Because if you, if you can do that, then it allows you to invest in your growth with much more confidence. Otherwise, you will have to deliberately limit the rate at which you can invest, which is not really something that any agency owner wants to do. I think that's some really valuable advice, especially in today's economy. Stephen, thank you so much for being on Agency Side. Of course, not at all. Thank you for listening to Agency Side, sponsored by Netriller.com. Visit agencyside.fm to subscribe, read the show notes, and listen to previous recordings. Tune in again soon for our next episode.